Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. So welcome to the podcast, Chris. Now, for anyone who is tuning in, they're used to me talking to people in primary education, head teachers, teachers and the like. Now, you are not, are you? Would you like to tell the listeners who you are and what you do? That's right. I'm not a teacher, although I'm known affectionately both to my colleagues now as the curriculum manager. But well, that'll come, that'll come clear. My role and my day job at the, um, the English Football Association is I'm the lead of the performance nutrition department based at St George's Park. Yeah. So what that involves is there's an operational side to that role to lead and run the department from a strategic perspective. And that involves um, the creation of a, of a strategy to provide a nutrition provision to all, all the England teams on the, both the men's and the women's pathway. So that involves from menu design, working with our chefs um, based at St George's Park to make sure that the players have got the right food, whether they're at home or they're, or they're away. But also a delivery component working with the working with the players. And my at the moment my particular team that I focus my attention is the senior women's team. Mm. But I'm responsible for directing the, the nutrition provision across all really. Right. So it's a, a huge scope there, and it's so important to work on nutrition for sports people. Has that I mean, has that always been the case? Is nutrition quite a newish area in sport, or has it always been there, would you say? Well, so it's new anymore. I mean, certainly in the last 15, 20 years, it's become a, uh, a prominent part of sports science. Our sports science has evolved and as resources become, um, become greater, the more disciplines become available. And nutrition has been one of those disciplines that's become you know, a, a core part of an athlete's requirement, really, to ultimately what we're trying to achieve is that players can fuel and recover effectively to perform and go again and from a nutrition perspective that's 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 fundamental to, to performance really so it's it's it used to be new now it's now it, it's quite common in your role what are the challenges that you know when you started thinking about educating football players what are the challenges that you commonly face yeah, so it's a great question. Uh, the biggest challenge, I think, not just for nutrition, but for all of, I guess, the sports science disciplines, it's it's influencing the the behaviours of the the athlete that you're working with. So I don't think it, no matter what you're trying to trying to teach them, essentially, because although I, so we're not a teacher, we're still trying to teach them something, whether it's nutrition or what, or what have you. The biggest challenge is getting them to buy, getting players to buy in and, and value the advice that you're giving them. But then each individual is will receive nutrition in a different way. So. There's, there's knowledge barriers. Different individuals have a different level of knowledge around nutrition. Some are more interested in it than others. And then it's the access to nutrition. So having the knowledge is one thing, but how, what access of that, has that athlete got to nutrition? Do they cook for themselves? Are they younger? They're living on their own? Are they still at home? Do they can they cook? What are the skills like? It's quite variable. I think the barriers that will um, that the athlete might face, mm. but generally it's our job is to try and influence them towards being better with whatever you were trying to get them to do. So from a nutrition perspective, it's, it's working with them to figure out how can we get them a step closer to, to being a little bit better. I think people listening will see, obviously that aligns with the way a primary teacher would assess and you know, analyse what the learner needs, you know, what their barriers are and where your starting point is from. Mm. Uh, and as you say, that could vary. I bet you get a lot of football players who know quite a lot about nutrition already mm. and others who don't, like you say. So it's knowing how to approach it. Now, uh, were you tasked with setting up an education programme then around this? When was that, Chris? 
Yeah, so, well, not, not, not initially. It wasn't part of the scope of the role initially. I mean, when we first started, been in the role for years now, it was to build a department from bottom up. And as, that, as we started to get the basics right, such as let's make sure the food quality is right for the players, and then we can start building a performance nutrition strategy, it became quite clear the way we operate in England is that we, we, we see the players when they're with us on international camps. And we don't necessarily see them when they go back to the clubs and they're under influence with the clubs. So it was thinking about, from a nutrition perspective, what fundamentally do we want them to want them to know? What's really important for international football performance from a nutritional perspective? And we and we and starting there really. And then when we when we kind of looked into it, it was, it was quite clear that we needed some kind of structured framework to enable us to deliver what we wanted to deliver. So as that thinking evolved, it was clear that we needed to create some sort of curriculum. So that was the that was the start point of it. And how it has developed into where we are now is it's very different to how I thought a curriculum would be 18 months ago. Yeah, I mean, you came across our six steps to curriculum design, didn't you? How did that come about? Because I, I was quite surprised when Simon, our managing director, he told me, that the FA, the FA had come across it and we were implementing it in this way. So, how, yeah, how did you come across it? It's one of my favourite stories to tell, actually. Um, so, initially, I was just looking around, what, what is a nutrition curriculum? So, when we look back on my previous practice and previous roles, before this, I was with the England cricket team for six years, and you deliver, and you're delivering some sort of curriculum, but it's never kind of in a coherent, systematic way. So, I started to write down all these areas onto a spreadsheet, Okay, what are the areas of performance that are, that are important and what do I think we need to do to deliver them? So some basic objectives. And that was on one, one spreadsheet in an Excel and I thought that was my curriculum. But mm. done. no real consideration around learning outcomes. Well, I, was, I was familiar with the term learning outcomes, mm. but the detail and how they are layered at different age groups I had no appreciation of. So did some reading around it and I found a, um, a paper by... Um, an individual in America who created a nutrition curriculum in America. So I thought, right, okay, someone's created a nutrition curriculum. What does that look like? I had a conversation with that individual and I started to think, okay, it's more than just a series of topics. That's the start point, but it's, it's areas around, okay, there's a faculty. We need a faculty to drive the direction of a curriculum. Okay. What does that look like? There's, there's different levels of education that have to be relevant to the, the age of the, the player that we're working with. So once I'd looked at what a real curriculum looks like in my kind of field, and I just thought, right, I've got friends who are teachers. They are experts in curriculum more than I am, so I have conversations with them. And it started to build from there. So I started to really have a different view on what a curriculum should be, which was way beyond what I initially thought it should be. And I come across cornerstones purely through my research. So I was on the internet looking at all sorts of stuff, and I'm a big listener of podcasts. And I literally just typed in curriculum in my um, in my podcast and how would you look the curriculum podcast just just appeared in my uh, in my search so I thought, all right I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a go at that and started to listen listen to the podcast and it just really created a spark with me and I thought right this is what these people are talking about is exactly what I need and I want to I need to create something which mirrors what expert curriculum looks like to try and make merge it into something that's relevant to the, the world that I'm from. So I kid you not, I've listened to all 56 of these uh, of the podcasts. And it was early in, my, in the time listening to the podcast that I thought I was going to get in touch with Cornerstone. So I went on the internet, went on the, went on the website, and it was through there. I, I just dropped an email, explained what I'm trying to do, and I got some dialogue. 
and it, it went from there and they very kindly shared with me the six steps of curriculum design. Fantastic. Now, have you got a team working with you to implement it or have you done this sort of single-handedly, Chris? So initially it was, it was pretty much single-handedly to begin with because it was just a nutrition curriculum. And once we kind of, we built that, it was almost like a proof of concept for the rest of the department to follow. So within the department I sit, it's not just a nutrition, an isolated nutrition department. We're part of the physical performance, nutrition and medicine department. So once we kind of created this draft framework and kind of shown what can be done, we then evolved that into a departmental-wide framework, which then involved um, various members of our team to come into this, this faculty. So that was a thing. So we need a faculty who's going to be involved. So I identified the key areas of so nutritionist, need a physical performance coach, I brought in people from FA education because we have FA education within members at St George's Park to get, to get a teacher's view on it to really help us, you know, critique and shape the direction that we're going. So we brought the right people into the, the faculty to begin with. And then from there, we started to work systematically and very, very slowly, very painstakingly through yeah. the stages of curriculum design. And that's probably been the, the biggest learning through this. It's dedicating real thought, patience, and energy to working through those six stages and we're now at a point where we're, 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 we're completed stage five and we're, we're starting to think about stage six in, in a bit more detail. Now for anyone listening who's not aware of the six steps there's information on our website but Chris what are, what are stages five and six then? So our six steps for us so stages five was all about creating the, um, the learning objectives and, and the outcomes and really driving what the content is going to deliver from a delivery perspective. Yeah. So once we'd really articulated stage one and two, and it's interesting when I go through this and I talk to people, I always say not one stage was more or less important than the other. But what was really important is that we went one, two, three, four, five, and six. <laughs> that decided the next stage and that decided the next stage. Mm. So we had stage five was all around the, what did the outcomes look like? How are we going to deliver it? What does delivery look like? What does delivery look like at each level? What resources do we need? And then stage six, it was how we're going to evaluate the, this curriculum and where we're at with that. It's a bit of a challenge because you know, it's not a, it, although it's a school, it's not a school where, we, where we're based. So we're thinking about how can we monitor the adherence to the curriculum that we're delivering it. So whether it's an effective curriculum at this stage or not is not, I guess, what we're looking at. It's a case of are we delivering this curriculum as we said we would? And now we're in discussions around, okay, how can we truly measure this curriculum? Did it measure the effectiveness of what we're delivering? And that's the next stage. And that's where I was discussing with, with Simon and Constance. It sounds like you've done an awful lot of work to get this up and running. And like you say, you haven't got a primary curriculum. You haven't got the programmes of study that we have. You haven't got that framework. So you've almost had to, you've had to apply that and almost create your steps in learning that you want the students, if you like, to go through. Is that right? So you've almost had yeah. to sort of create your progression through your, new, your education programme. We have players from 15s, that's our entry level, all the way up to senior players, mm. the senior teams. So what we deliver, the themes, and, the themes are, are common throughout because that obviously creates coherency through, through the curriculum, which mm. was... You know, what we learned from these six stages, we can't just have an, a session on carbohydrates and breakfast and then have something on physical capability and not, and not, and not link it together. That's yeah. not what we're trying to achieve. So again, thinking about coherence and how it links, what the common narrative is, all had a huge impact in the things that we were going to create. And then it was a case of, right, how can we be more deliberate with the information that we are delivering to the 15-year-old and how does that thread and how is that layered up from 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 seniors 
but more importantly, what we deliver, how does that match the learning outcome? So right at the beginning, it's around um, under, understanding and spark interest in a theme, all the way up to applying and critiquing something autonomously and everything in between. The challenge was, okay, once we've articulated learning outcomes, which is a real challenge for us all, because then we're not, we don't necessarily think this way, it was how we're going to deliver that, because we're not classroom-based sessions. We're generally gym-based sessions, pitch-based sessions, and nutrition is the closest thing to a class-based session that we're going to have. But that, that said, part of our teaching is in the dining room. So it was part of the curriculum intent was we want this to be a very immersive learning school. So learning is through doing, through immersion, but how can we as the deliverer, as the teacher, be more deliberate with the words that we use, with the way we frame the session, and the lesson plans that we create really help us be more deliberate in how we, I guess, try to teach them a physical concept. That's perfect because building upon what you've, seeds you've sown early and knowing that it's actually planned into your curriculum, it does take time, doesn't it? The way we kind of set it up, our, you'll have themes or, um, or kind of lessons or you do how you describe them. We call them focus blocks. Mm. So our focus blocks, and we have five, and we have five focus block owners and they're responsible for you know, writing the content for that focus block. So they own that, they shape the direction of that, and they form part of this faculty. And then we have other members of staff, physical performance coaches, for example, who are part of our team, who will be involved in this at more of a delivery level. This curriculum now is a way of working for our department. So and this helps us when we kind of, what we've got now, we have these learning and outcome maps for each team. Whether you're responsible for the 15s or the seniors, there's a very clear map of learning outcomes. So at the beginning of the season, you kind of work with your your head coach or the environment that you're in and start to set some expectations of this is what the physical performance, nutrition and medicine department plan to deliver this year. And then you can plan it and then you can be really deliberate and strategic with how you how you implement it. Can I talk about impact now? Not just impact on the players themselves, which I'd like to ask about. But actually, you as a as a team, you know, you you and your staff has having this sort of more coherent curriculum in place and being able to talk together about the similar goals. Has it has it helped you as as staff? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's in its infancy. So from a delivery perspective, it's in its infancy. So once we get to delivering a a full curriculum over this next over this next season, we'll be a better place to discuss how that actually helped from an operation point of view. Without, without a doubt, in this, in this planning stage of creating the curriculum, it's, it's given us a common language that we can all refer to. It's given us real clarity on what we're trying to achieve. And I, and I believe it's really kind of pulled us together to contribute to something that we all believe will ultimately inspire and influence players towards better physical um, competencies. Yeah, we see so much alignment there between, say, the experience of a head teacher and senior leaders in a school where uh, it's all about that common approach and that common language, like you just mentioned. It really helps to unify a team in what their goals are and they all understand what they're trying to achieve with their learning programme. So it sounds like you made a fantastic start, Chris, obviously because we're in the pandemic at the moment. Did you, before the lockdown did you start to implement it at all have you got to the delivery stage of it yet yeah so what the focus blocks that were ready to go we started to deliver components of them so because the nutrition focus block was 12 months ahead of everything else because that was the start with that was the first i guess true curriculum focus block that we started to deliver but the other focus blocks elements of, of, of those were starting to be delivered because they were kind of ready to go 
but certainly from my department from a nutrition perspective it, it helps me and my, my colleagues to deliver a much more a richer product to the players that really that meant something above and beyond a 25 minute powerpoint about what good nutrition looks like we enjoyed delivering the session so much more because we could see better engagement and that's what we wanted and you're starting to see them players and feedback from staff members and coaches that is actually having an influence on what they were fueling the day before a game, which is, which is absolutely what we want. So, yeah, we, we wished we, in the early stages of delivery from this particular focus block, definitely seeing it, the impact of it, yes. And have you just put it on pause during the lockdown? I know the FA matches are starting again. What's happening to your learning programme? So obviously from a delivery perspective, yeah, it's on pause because there's no one to deliver it to. But this period of lockdown has really helped us work on the, uh, the curriculum in more detail. So we're now at a point where we've got a fully complete stage five, where all focus blocks are written, all resources are identified and put standards in a great, puts in a great position to go and deliver next season. So it's, it's helped really in that respect. Yeah, I mean, we're hearing that from schools as well, actually, that this time, although they're very busy with the logistics, with children being some children being in some out obviously with football you've got a bit of a mixture of the situations changing you know almost every month but they have had that time like you say to work on the resources and the you know the the details of it so it's really interesting to talk to you actually to see how you've applied the principles of curriculum design in a non-school context you're obviously really well set to see that program grow and grow and then to evaluate it at some point what are your plans then for the future do you just want to get cracking with the program again and yeah see it through yeah well, yeah from a curriculum perspective absolutely we've created this this piece of work and we yeah we want to go and want to go and deliver it and evaluate it and my favorite saying is like let's park this till stage six and that often looks as an excuse for putting something on the back burner but you know i'm genuinely looking forward to getting to stage six and evaluating everything that we've everything that we've done, so like things that we've created, like that we learned from cornerstones, you call them knowledge organisers. We can knowledge maps. We've got knowledge maps for every topic. We use case studies with the teams that we use, and we try and role model best practice with some of our senior teams to try and inspire the people that were the players that we're delivering to that actually what we're talking about. We're doing it at the highest level. We're capturing all these case studies all the time. We're creating, we're using the data that we gather and the science that we, that we gather to really use that to validate the case studies that we're trying to deliver. And I'm really excited to see actually how effective did that prove to be. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting, into a, getting in delivery mode, evaluating it and then make, making version two even better. Oh, we wish you all the best, Chris. And it's been really interesting talking to you about this. Yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye on, on how you're getting on. And uh, I'm sure the players will really appreciate this programme of, of learning as well. So thanks for all the hard work you've done. And we're so glad you found the six steps of curriculum design. It's uh, fantastic to hear that. Great to learn from you. Thank you. No problem. Thanks ever so much, Chris. Mm-hmm.